The U.S. has hit 2 million cases of COVID-19. 2 million. Pack up the flower crowns for next year. Coachella is officially canceled. And CrossFit CEO resigned this week after his racist conspiracy theories about George Floyd went public. We're talking to two CrossFit gym owners, including a woman who confronted him in that Zoom meeting about the bonkers call and its aftermath. The date, June 11th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey friends, I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to News O'Clock. All right, Casey, really quickly, I know we've talked about she who must not be named at this point a lot this week, but really quickly, I just want to shout out my favorite fantasy author, Tamara Pierce, who I love her so much. I've loved her since I was 13 and I first stumbled across one of her books in the Flint Public Library. And she put out a statement on Twitter saying, uh, in response to Rowling's anti-trans statements, essays, etc. at this point. I do not think these things of you. I do not believe you are not who you are. I know you have fought a long, hard battle to become yourselves in the eyes of the world. In my eyes, you are heroic. Hashtag trans women are women. Hashtag trans men are men. And I gotta say, she really like cemented herself even more fully in my heart as a fave with that. You know what? I need some authors to support as human beings right now. So I'm going to have to transport myself to like my preteen self and read her books. (laughs) You absolutely should. Highly recommend. Great escapism right now. Especially since over the arc of her like writing in this like fantasy world, you can watch her get better and better on issues Mm. of race and gender and sex. And it's amazing. Uh, And right now, I gotta say, she's also auctioning off some of her book collections signed for a black artist. So I have stand almost my entire life and I shall continue to stand. Yes. Moving right along, it's time for the TLDR, the most important headlines for the day brought to the top of your feed. Here are three things you need to know today. One, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff has apologized for taking part in the president's now infamous photo op at St. John's Church in D.C. General Mark Milley was one of several officials who walked with President Trump the few blocks from the White House to the church last week, just moments after police and National Guardsmen used tear gas chemicals and other violent methods to clear out protesters. Today, speaking remotely at a National Defense University graduation ceremony, he said that he should not have been there for that photo op. My presence in that moment and in that environment created a perception of the military involved in domestic politics. As a commissioned, uniformed officer, it was a mistake that I have learned from, and I sincerely hope we all can learn from it. Milley is the latest in a string of current and former military officials who have pushed back against the president's rhetoric, insisting that the military is not for domestic uses and denouncing racism in U.S. policing. That includes former Defense Secretary James Mattis, former commander of the fight against ISIS General John Allen, and the heads of the Army, Marine Corps, Air Force, and National Guard. Two. The U.S. hit a dark milestone yesterday with over 2 million confirmed COVID-19 cases. Meanwhile, 112,000 people in the U.S. have died from the coronavirus, according to Johns Hopkins University, which has been tracking coronavirus stats since the outbreak first began. The death toll has declined in some parts of the U.S., like in New York City and the Bay Area. But spikes in hospitalizations around the country are still worrying to experts who say that the increase can't just be explained away by higher testing rates. Those spikes haven't stopped states from pushing to get people out of their homes and back to work, many of them citing the economic pressure to get things going again. 
Despite those efforts, last week, another 1.5 million people signed up for unemployment benefits. And three, the recent Black Lives Matter protests have successfully sparked a new push to stop glorifying the Confederacy. This has been going on for years, as people have demanded that statues of Confederate generals come down. And several have been toppled this week, including just last night in Richmond, Virginia. And just yesterday, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi herself called for several Confederate statues to be removed from the U.S. Capitol. Right now, there are several military bases in the U.S. named after Confederate generals, including Fort Hood in Texas and Fort Bragg in North Carolina. And Congress has submitted several bills to change those forts' names, but the president yesterday tweeted out that his administration is not really a fan of the potential change. Quote, and this is a long one, so bear with me, quote, it has been suggested that we should rename as many as 10 of our legendary military bases, such as Fort Bragg in North Carolina, Fort Hood in Texas, Fort Benning in Georgia, etc. These monumental and very powerful bases have become part of a great American heritage and a history of winning, victory, and freedom, yada, yada, yada. Therefore, my administration will not even consider the renaming of these magnificent and fabled military installations. I was yelling because those words were capitalized. Press Secretary Kayleigh McKinney defended the position to the press yesterday with this pretty weird argument about why base names can never change. Um, and to suggest that these forts were somehow inherently racist and their names need to be changed is a complete disrespect to the men and women who the last bit of American land they saw before they went overseas and lost their lives were these forts. But this may be a lonely fight. Even NASCAR has now said, if you want to see cars drive around in a circle, you have to leave your Confederate flag at home. They made the announcement yesterday in a statement that said, quote, the presence of the Confederate flag at NASCAR events runs contrary to our commitment to providing a welcoming and inclusive environment for all fans, our competitors, and our industry, end quote. Yes, I am here for NASCAR removing the Confederate flag. I'm here for the renaming, the statues going down. Actually, I just saw this uh, this morning that Lady Antebellum is changing their name right? to just to just Lady A because of Antebellum, the word being linked to the Civil War and slavery. And I'm just like, yes, the, the reckoning of names is upon us. Thankfully, I'm really glad that everyone after, what, Five years at least is finally like, you know what, maybe all these symbols for the Confederacy that people were saying are bad might actually be bad. Maybe we should stop doing this. Seems like a good moment for that. It's time for today's good news, bad news. This is where I bring you some of the most, okay, it's about time and most, uh, you sure about that? Stories from around the internet. First, we're calling this good news, even if you may disagree, Coachella is officially canceled this year. And yes, you were probably being like, wait, they they didn't cancel it already. (laughs) Anyways, the giant music festival draws almost 100,000 people each year and had previously been postponed until the fall. But now local health officials have finally said, uh, like hell, you're getting all those people together like that. And that's at least in part because California state's guidelines for getting back to normal post-COVID-19 say that big festivals like Coachella would not take place unless there's an approved vaccine or treatment in place. And honestly, that seems pretty unlikely right about now. 
And yesterday, the public health officer of Riverside County, where Coachella takes place, said in a statement, quote, these decisions are not taken lightly with the knowledge that many people will be impacted. My first priority is the health of the community. So far, there's been no word from festival organizers about what it'll do for Coachella ticket holders and its sister concert, Stagecoach. So we're still waiting on that. I hope everyone gets a refund, but also, dang, I'm glad that they finally pulled the trigger on this. I can't believe it. I saw that and I was like, wait, what? How did this not happen yet? They were really holding on to that like last thread of hope. They really were. And October, I mm, that was not just in the cards at all. Sorry to everyone out there who are stands of, you know, Megan Thee Stallion, Doja Cat, Carly Rae Jepsen, and everyone else who was scheduled to perform. I'm I'm wondering if they're going to, I bet like some of these artists might do like, you know, live from home kind of performances and stuff like that, because I think um, Comic-Con, which was also canceled, they're trying to figure out like at-home panels, et cetera, stuff like that. Paley Fest has done it as well. So, I mean, fingers crossed that these like mega artists are going to give us something, you know? <laughs> And bad news. It turns out 32 years just wasn't enough time for Anna Wintour to get black people working for Vogue magazine. In an internal email to Vogue staffers, longtime editor-in-chief Anna Wintour, who got that job in 1988, apologized for lack of racial diversity and past mistakes. In the email, Wintour wrote, Quote, I know Vogue has not found enough ways to elevate and give space to black editors, writers, photographers, designers, and other creators. We have made mistakes too, publishing images or stories that have been hurtful or intolerant. I take full responsibility for those mistakes. In just one example of what she was talking about, in its 125-year history, they had their first ever cover that was shot by an African-American photographer just last year. And by the way, that was Tyler Mitchell who shot Beyonce for a September issue cover. So the media industry has been doing a lot of soul searching lately about race and how people of color are treated with almost daily resignations from major outlets. So far, just in the last week, we've seen Adam Rappaport for Bon Appetit, Leandra Cohen from Man Repeller, and now former New York Times opinion editor James Bennett. And they've all stepped down. Anna, I 32 years is a really freaking long time. It's a long ass time to be in charge of anything. I don't know how much wiggle room you have here. I mean, I'm astounded and also not astounded that it was literally took until last year for their first ever cover to be shot by an African-American photographer. That is. Uh, I remember when that oof. bubbled up and you would think that yeah. that would have been the time to make this kind of statement. Of, uh, yes, exactly. Oh, uh, gosh. Media. What a great industry we're in, Casey. What a great industry that we are in <laughs> that is full of just... Good times all around. Woof! Setting that aside, when we come back, we're talking to two CrossFit gym owners about the former CEO's racist comments and where the community goes from here. Be right back. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com 2022. 
Hi, everybody. I'm Rachel Bonetta, and I have my very own podcast called Benched with Bonetta. You kidding me? Woo! I'm just here so I won't get fined. You may know me from Game Day View or Game Day Morning on NFL Network. Basically, any shows with the word game in it, odds are you'll find me there. Every week, I'm going to be talking about all the things I find fascinating about the NFL, like breaking down games, questioning Tom Brady's genetic makeup. It's going to be great. I'm also doing something that has never been done before. I'm opening my DMs. DMs now open. We want to hear from you, fans of the NFL. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Did you commit a misdemeanor crime when you were 12 and need to tell somebody about it? Please, for the love of Roger Goodell, do not tell me. I can be held accountable. Listen every Tuesday and join me on the bench. Subscribe now and listen to the Benched with Bonetta podcast on the iHeartRadio app on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to gear up for the NFL postseason. Yes, sir! Head over to NFLshop.com today for the largest assortment of officially licensed gear. I need it! NFL Shop is your destination for jerseys, t-shirts, headwear, and more. Oh, you're sweet with it! Come back after the game for the best selection of NFL gear anywhere. How you like that, baby? Rep your team pride with styles fit for the whole family. To shop now, go to NFLshop.com. Welcome back. Earlier this week, BuzzFeed News reported on a heated Zoom call between CrossFit gym owners and now ex-CEO Greg Glassman that led to Glassman's resignation on Tuesday. On the call, CrossFit gym owners asked Glassman why he had not yet issued a statement in support of Black Lives Matter. One gym owner in particular, Hannah Widevin, pressed Glassman for approximately 45 minutes. Her gym, Salkana Fitness, is about a mile away from where Floyd was killed. At the start of their back and forth, Widevin said to Glassman, quote, Our community is reeling. People are in mourning. I don't think we've seen anything come out from CrossFit headquarters in terms of our response to that situation. Glassman's response was, quote, we're not mourning for George Floyd. I don't think me or any of my staff are. Can you tell me why I should mourn for him? Today, we're joined by Hannah Widevin, the CrossFit gym owner from Minneapolis, who pressed Glassman on that call. We're also joined by Say K. Brown, co-founder of CrossFit HCS Gym in Michigan. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks. Hannah, I want to start by asking you about that Zoom call. Did you go in knowing that you would confront Glassman? I went in knowing I wanted to ask the question. I didn't necessarily expect it to be a confrontation, but I wasn't altogether surprised based on Glassman's history with CrossFit and and race. So I think I was just lucky that uh, I was able to be on the call because they they really asked random affiliate owners to do it. Mm. And it was just happened to be me that Friday that they asked to do it on Saturday. Um, so I, I talked to a few people at my gym and told them kind of what I was thinking. And they said, we would, lo- we want you to do that as our, as our gym owner. Mm. I mean, that call went on for a really long time. It's reported that the call was approximately 75 minutes long and it included several different flavors of conspiratorial rants from Glassman. How did it feel to be on the receiving end of that? For me, it was just confirmation of stuff I already knew. Like Seike and I talked about yesterday, a lot of this stuff is not surprising. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a white gym owner, I might have been able to 
uh, not necessarily feel the consequences of all of it, but it didn't surprise me to hear him say that. It surprised I mean, me that he would do it on a public call, but it didn't surprise me that he believes that. Right. He went to like several different weird tangents about George Floyd being targeted by the FBI and the coronavirus being made in a Chinese lab. I, I, I just have to know, though, how uh, did it feel to actually be the person who he was like directing it at? Like he, he was like you he responded to a question from you with all of these like random wild things. Did you ever have a moment thinking, OK, I I need to hang up now or I need to say something more and push back harder? I wished at that moment, I wish I'd had a better vocabulary to speak to the issues that he was bringing up, because you know, like my ability as a white person to speak to other white people about race is like, it needs to be worked on. I need area. I need to improve at it. And that really showed me because I've never actually spoken to someone like Glassman about that. It's always been people who are like just a little bit less knowledgeable than, than they need to be, or we're, we're on a similar page and we can learn together, but to really directly speak to somebody who doesn't believe that systemic racism is a thing or that police brutality is real. It was really hard for me in the moment to have my tools. And it, it taught me that like, I need to go and make sure those tools are sharper. Say, mm. you were not on that zoom call. What was your reaction when you heard about what happened? Yeah, I think, um, I echo Hannah. I'm not, I'm not surprised so much by what had happened publicly, him not saying anything, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact that it went to this whole conspiracy theory side was honestly scary to me. Mm. You know, when people have, um, with any type of power or influence have that level of out of touch unawareness and they've created the team that are, that's around them made me worry for everyone that was in HQ. So to me, I'm, 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 I'm drained. I can't get any more outraged these days. So <laughs> now it's, it's mostly just reflection. And now I'm, I'm curious about everyone else in HQ and if they either felt like he had such a strong hand, they couldn't say anything and they wanted, you know, to be that person, like, I'm going to try to do what I can under him. Or was it true? Did no one else around him feel like they were mourning George Floyd's death? Now that you've had time to reflect what do you think you would have said if you were on that zoom call? <sighs> That's actually a route I haven't gone down. <laughs> oh man! You know, it's for me, it's, it's so in, it's so deeply emotional and personal that, you know, to me, I don't know if I would even be able to get out, get out words. You know, I'm so CrossFit means so much to me that, you know, for me, I, I probably would have started crying. You know, it would have been like, mm. I would have seen like, the crumbling of something I believed in, like, go away. So I am not a member. I clearly am not a member. You guys can see me on the Zoom call right now. But um, based on what I've heard from friends and what you both have mentioned about how you weren't surprised, uh, it, there have been issues with, let's say, racial diversity at CrossFit for a minute, it seems like. Seke, has that been your experience or has it not? It definitely has been, you know, we, in, in terms of like where I started, the first person I ever saw was Elizabeth Akinwale. So that was like, I saw her at games. It was, sorry, really you know, quickly. Who, who is that for people like myself who aren't familiar with that name? Yes. Um, games athlete, phenomenal coach, um, all around woman. She, if you follow her on, um, 
on Instagram, it's E-I-Kinwale. And um, she runs a gym in Chicago now uh, on the South Side called 13th Flow. So once you, it was that typical, you see someone who looks like you doing something that influences you to know that you can do it as well and feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And many of these gyms, you know, the first gyms I walked into, of course, they're predominantly white. But I was very lucky when I got into my, um, I went to a black woman owned gym. You know, I was very lucky to have a diverse gym to blossom in. Mm. We know because we travel a lot and we're always popping into gyms and I'm having to do the typical, you know, go through social media. Okay. Let me see what this owner is about. Let me see who's in the gym. Make me sure one, it'd be great if there was some diversity, but honestly, that's always, you know, "Ah, that's a reach. The second would be, okay, do they not, you know, do they at least come off as somewhere I'd be comfortable to just at least drop into? Mm-hmm. You both own CrossFit gyms. Glassman has, of course, stepped down, but the newly appointed CEO of CrossFit, Dave Castro, is already facing questions about his commitment to diversity after he ignored a question about it at last year's CrossFit Games. Um, Hannah, are you happy with the new leadership? We de-affiliated, so I'm no longer affiliated with CrossFit. It was um, something I had planned on doing. And I met with a few other gyms in my area and we made a plan together to first step de-affiliate, second step, meet with some organizations locally who can help us build anti-racism plans and then meet quarterly so that we can hold each other accountable to the plan. That's our reaction and the way we're doing it. But I know that Seike has a different experience with that. Yeah. Seike, can you speak to yours? Yeah, we're about two and a half going into our third year. Um, So like any small business, no matter the market, you know, you're just trying to survive those first two or three years. Mm -hmm. Um, So for us, we don't have that same um, history or um, financial pudding to be able to just switch over immediately. Mm. So for us, all of our members know exactly what we're about. But for our current business plan, we're having to build in months in advance this Mm. switchover um, just for, you know, financial stability um, and everything that it requires to um, disaffiliate in in a good way. Right. So you're keeping your affiliation for now, it sounds like. What do you want to see with the new leadership while you're making this transition? (laughs) I don't want to leave it at like, it doesn't matter what they do, (laughs) but honestly, the move to Castro is means little to nothing for me. You know, that move meant nothing. Everything is internal. Still. They made a a statement in the journal article that kind of talked about, you know, their dysfunction internally, but it didn't clearly state any things that they were doing to diversify this group that seems to have such dysfunction and even if they didn't have a plan, they didn't even state that they were working on a plan. They just mm-hmm. said, hey, we're dysfunctional. So this is why it's taken us so long. This is our statement. We're working on this dysfunction. And it's it means little to nothing. I would just add to that that yeah, the, go rest, for it. the rest of the HQ staff hasn't changed as far as we know, besides the people who have voluntarily resigned. And on the call I was on, like one of the things that hasn't come across in some of the articles that have come out is the way that the other HQ people on this on the call treated me in response to this. Uh, what really came after me about lacking loyalty and said, do you know how many black people CrossFit is going to save? So I want to be clear in this communication that 
we know things aren't changing at HQ just because mm-hmm. Greg Glassman stepped down. He's still a hundred percent owner. Dave mm-hmm. Castro and Greg Glassman, Greg Glassman have always been each other's right hand man. Nothing has changed as far as I can tell. Agreed. Hannah, say, Kate, thank you both so much for joining us for this uh, conversation. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks. And now we bring you Meanwhile on the Internet. And today, well, I regret to inform you that nobody learned anything after their Imagine video debacle and the celebs are at it again, Hayes. They uh, are at it again. Shit. What now? What <laughs> oh. could they possibly want now? <laughs> okay. So unlike the Imagine video, which was just Gal Gadot and Kristen Wiig getting their friends to sing in the middle of a pandemic, this actually had a thought process behind it. The NAACP partnered up with a bunch of celebrities to pull this off. In this new PSA, white celebrities like Sarah Paulson, Julianne Moore, Justin Thoreau, Stanley Tucci, Kesha, and Kristen Bell stare straight into the camera in black and white and basically declare that they're done letting racism slide. The result is cringe-inducingly earnest. I take responsibility for every unchecked moment, for every time it was easier to ignore than to call it out for what it was. Every not-so-funny joke. Every unfair stereotype. Every blatant injustice, no matter how big or small. Every time I remained silent. Every time I explained away police brutality. Oh, guys, I see what you're doing there, but whew, this, I don't think this one's it, guys. I, mm, I'm sad. It's it's once again missing the mark. They are trying. They are being earnest and they are trying. But it is just uh, as soon as it started, I was cringing. Then the next video, cringing more. It was just it was a lot. Especially since some of these people just can't stop being capital A actors while doing this mm, they like yeah. are getting the best like the you can see the gears turning in their head much like uh my fiance's uh rewatched titanic recently and you can see almost see like little leonardo dicaprio's gears turning oh, as he capital no. a acts and that's kind of how i feel about what's happening in this psa yeah, definitely. And also, you can also tell that they're reading scripts, not all of them, but for some of them, like you see them looking off screen or you see their eyes going back and forth. And it's just like, OK, wait, you only had to say one line. <laughs> <laughs> you had one job, one <laughs> job. And that is to make the country feel better about 400 years of racism. And you couldn't even do that. <laughs> That's it for today's show. Join us tomorrow for a look at the police and how to make them less of the army that they've become. And remember, again, celebs, I know you're listening. Take it down a notch or several. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 
The NFL is back, and the NFL app has you covered. So get ready for football all season long and just tap into the NFL app. NFL, baby, let's make it happen. Just tap in to watch your local and primetime games all season, now through Super Bowl 56. For the end zone, touchdown! Get up-to-the-minute news, videos, highlights, stats, and more on all your favorite teams and rookies to watch. Welcome to the NFL. Download to your mobile device today at nfl.com slash mobile or in your app store. Certain restrictions and data rates may apply. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council.